We want to welcome you to Rancho United, particularly on this Memorial Day weekend. We thank you so much for being here, for being a part of what God is doing through our online streaming services and being a part of this family of faith. And during this weekend, we want to give particular thanks to those families who have suffered a great loss, losing loved ones. And we remember those loved ones who served in the armed forces, gave, gave their lives for our freedoms. And this weekend, there are a lot of discussions about our freedoms, what specifically they are and where, should we, where we should practice those freedoms. But just keep in mind that all of that was purchased by the sacrifice of those men and women uh, who fought and lost their lives. So uh, would you right now, just right where you are, give uh, these families uh, a thank you, just, just to realize that, that they have, have borne the burden of, of this loss to earn our freedoms. Well, welcome to Rancho United, and uh, we are in the middle of an exciting transition right here. Uh, we are uh, going to be changing a lot next weekend, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But most importantly, I want you to know, the online audience, that our times are changing next weekend. And so our tradition service will be streamed at 8.30, and then our United services will be streamed at 9.30 and 10.30, and then 6.30 in the evening. So just a half an hour earlier, uh, seems our online viewership really likes that early time. And so uh, we're moving everything earlier by a half an hour. For those of you who are brand new here to Rancho, we thank you so much for joining us. And we would encourage you to uh, type the word guest to this number here. Just text it to this number here, 951-379-3795. And you can type info, you can type anything you like there. Uh, we have uh, staff who would love to hear from you on text and of course on comments through all of our live streaming platforms. I also wanna thank you very much for your generosity. We've been celebrating the outpouring of generosity uh, from the Rancho family of faith, not only those who have been a part of Rancho for so many years and, and who have been faithful, uh, but for new people, new guests, new members of our congregation who are now all over the world. And uh, you have given and stepped up as well, which has allowed our ministry from children's all the way to mature adults to continue to thrive and to now be ready for a phased, careful opening. And so thank you for your generosity that not only meets the needs of the church, but our vast ministries to the world locally and globally. 51 ministries locally and globally to help people in need. So thank you very much. Uh, if you're a part of the Rancho Family of Faith, you are a part of something very special. We are transforming our community by the grace of God, not just in word, but in action, not just to each other, but to people in need, people outside, uh, people who don't believe. Uh, we are, are, are really uh, getting that grace of God out there without boundaries and, and and it's all due to your generosity. So thank you. If you'd like to give, you can simply go to rancho.tv slash giving and you can set up a one-time gift or a recurring gift. And as always, just want to encourage you to subscribe and even watch on YouTube. We are a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rancho United. Subscribe, share, like the whole deal. And uh, thank you very much for that. All right, well, we are opening next week week. And I hate to say opening because we've always been open. We've never been closed. We haven't missed a beat around here. In fact, we're growing healthy and thriving and that hasn't changed. And I, I hate to say open, not just because we've never been closed, but because next week isn't going to be sort of real normal church. It's going to be different. We're opening the doors uh, in accordance with the, um, uh, the regulations. And so it's going to be safe, as safe as a gathering like this can be. And uh, we are cooperating with officials, not rebelling against officials. And, uh, but it's not going to be normal church, but we are opening the doors. There will be tables around. It's sort of that cafe model that we talked about, right? We talked about uh, phase one being sort of a cafe and there are tables, they're actually set up right now. It's gonna be great. They're distanced apart by about nine and a half feet. 
and uh, reservations will have to be made. Um, you can sit with your at-home clusters. You can't mingle at-home clusters. Um, the doors will be uh, propped open, and so there will be no touching of doors. Restroom use is discouraged, but if it's an emergency, we will allow you to use a restroom because the uh, options are just not any fun. And, uh, but we discourage restroom use. If you're in an at-risk category, a high-risk category, we are asking you, please stay home. It's not worth the risk. Um, children under 12 are discouraged from coming as well. Uh, we are going to encourage the use of masks. All staff and volunteers will have masks. Masks are uh, proven to be the safest uh, way or one of the safest ways to prevent social spreading, especially singing. We are not allowing singing without masks. Um, singing is considered to be a high risk activity and singing happens at church. So um, we're gonna have pretty strict protocols. If you wanna find out more about those protocols, go to rancho.tv slash blog and you'll see all the protocols there. We will have security on site as well. So you are welcome to come if you're needing and wanting that kind of that, that face-to-face interaction with real human beings. And a lot of people do and, and will enjoy that. Under our protocols, we are allowing that to happen. I love what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 1, 8 and 9. He was separate from his congregation and he loved the church at Philippi, but he was separate from them. He was in prison. And, and so there was this longing to connect face-to-face, but he understood he couldn't. Now listen to what he says. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And I love what he says here because they're separate. They're not seeing each other. But he says, I know that our love is real. And I also know that despite the fact that we're separated, we will keep on growing. We will keep on deepening our faith. We will keep growing in our understanding and knowledge of who God is. Whether we're separate or whether we're, we're apart, we are growing in faith and growing in our mission together, advancing the cause of Christ. But it will be good to get back together, particularly uh, that day, which will come, where we can all gather together in normal church. All right, well, today is the last day of our Between Two Ears series, and it has been a ton of fun. We have really enjoyed it, and I've had a partner in crime, uh, Elaine Romero. Uh, she is a Christian speaker. She's a 25-year Christian therapist. She's on our preaching team, and she's going to lead us through our final week, which is going from anger to forgiving grace. And then at the end, we'll have a little bit of an interview. So put your hands together with Miss Elaine Romero. Come on up. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, hello, Rancho. It's so great to be here on that last Sunday. And as Scott said, I'm going to be delivering a message today to you about the topic of evolving from anger and resentment to forgiving and grace. And I have to admit to you that I actually got mad about delivering this message, really, truly. In prepping this message, I found myself becoming angry. And here's why. When I first saw that this was the topic that Scott wanted me to discuss this week, I was all for it. I can stand here all day and talk about the emotion of anger or the act of forgiveness and deliver a message to you, you out there who I can't even see, about how you need to, you know, get rid of your anger and go to forgiveness. But here's the thing. As I started to prepare this message, I found that my own anger, my own bitterness started to creep up. It showed up at my doorstep. You see, you cannot research anger and forgiveness without examining your own journey with it. 
or without revisiting the hurts and betrayals that you have experienced in the past or without your God convicting you. And so I started to ask myself some really serious questions about me and honestly about you too. I thought, well, what if you know that my journey to forgiveness hasn't always been so pretty? Or what if you knew that I sometimes don't want to forgive the person who betrayed me badly? Or what if you knew that I handled my anger really badly sometimes? And so I started sulking and badgering my own family, walking around the house saying, why did I say yes to this? What am I doing? I do not think that maybe I'm the right person to speak on this topic. In fact, I was even blaming Scott. I was saying, why would Scott give me this topic? He should have, he should have done it because Scott knows that I've had some anger in my own life. And do you know how my husband responded to these questions that I badgered him uh, with all this week? He plainly said, oh good, it's gonna be a great message then. And as I looked at him with disbelief, he said to me, and he's a straight shooter, he said, Elaine, here's the thing. No one wants to hear a message on anger from someone who's never had anything to be angry about or someone who's perfect at handling it. All right, perhaps he's right. So here I am, Rancho. I'm ready to deliver you a message about the process of anger and moving toward forgiveness, but I'm gonna be honest with you right from the start. This is really a challenge for me at times, but maybe it is for you too. So together, let's roll up our sleeves today and take an honest look at how challenging the process is of moving from anger to forgiveness. And what does our God have to say about forgiveness? And what can we reap? How does God grow us? How does he prune us through this process? Okay, so let's start with anger. What exactly is anger? And why did God give us the emotion of anger? Remember, all of our emotions are God-given. They all serve a purpose. And anger gives us important data that we need. It helps us recognize when we've been hurt, taken advantage of, deceived, betrayed, or even victimized. It helps us identify when something is unjust or unfair to others. Now, some believe that anger is wrong or sinful when God's word clearly claims it's not. In Ephesians 4:26, God says, in your anger, do not sin. He doesn't say that anger is a sin. You see, anger is not the problem or the sin. It's just an emotion. It's how we handle our anger or it's how we express our anger that can sometimes be wrong or sinful. In fact, I would go as far to say that we should celebrate the emotion of anger. Anger is vital in protecting our mental health. In fact, therapists, even Christian therapists and pastors for that matter, are gonna encourage you to get angry from time to time. Why? Because without anger, you might slip into denial. Without anger, you might become a doormat and allow yourself to be betrayed or victimized. Without angry, you may not be able to set the boundaries needed to protect yourself. Without anger, you cannot explore the impact of loss and grief. And without anger, Jesus himself could not have stopped those 
that were defiling the temple by selling items for their own profit and gain. Yes, even our Jesus got angry and used his anger to protect God's glory. Now, I have to be honest with you. I went through a journey of deep betrayal in my life. Five and a half years ago, I discovered that someone had badly betrayed me, someone that should have protected me, should have protected me, and it really, it destroyed me. And sadly, it wasn't just once. This person betrayed me many times, and at first, there was like this thin veil of denial that covered my eyes. I didn't want it to be true. I wanted to hide. I wanted to pretend that it didn't happen. But in time, my anger slowly lifted that veil. You see, this happens in the process of grief. And it was my anger that allowed me to see, to really see the damage that had been done to me and to my children, the danger that had been brought to my family. And it is my anger for my children that still creeps up from time to time. It's that mother bear instinct we talked about. Now, at first, I didn't like it when this anger emerged. I was uncomfortable. I was scared of the rage I felt. In fact, I was actually receiving uh, pastoral counselor, counsel from Pastor Scott. And at the time, I remember admitting to him that my anger sometimes was ugly and raw and intense and that it scared me. I didn't like I didn't like it because it wasn't me. It made me feel kind of like a monster or something. But later I realized this anger, anger was actually refining me in a way that made me a strong woman and a strong mother. Now Scott, of course, acknowledged my anger like any good counselor would, telling me that I had the right to feel that way. But he also reminded me that as a therapist, I already knew that I needed to experience it. I needed to muck through it, to explore it, to figure out what God wanted me to do with it. And I also had to be careful not to sin in my anger. But I'll admit to you that I did. I made some mistakes from time to time. I didn't always handle it well. I, in fact, I exploded at this person. I said very hurtful things. And I will admit that even today, I make mistakes with anger and I will probably make errors in the future. I regularly have to work on expressing my anger in a godly, healthy way. It's a journey that all of us have to take. But you see, I also had to learn not to fear my anger, but rather to befriend it. Now, I know that sounds super corny, you know, like making friends with your anger, but let me explain. You see, I learned that anger is like this strong, protective bodyguard that shows up and watches out for me, stands up for me, and speaks up for me and for others. But here's the secret. Like any bodyguard, anger doesn't call the shots. It doesn't control us. We control the anger right here between these two ears. So when anger shows up strong, Ready to, ready to protect you. We all need to tell the anger when it's time to step in to do its job and when it needs to back off, to calm down, to dial it back. And we also need to know when the time has come, and this is very important, 
We need to recognize when it is time to thank our anger for serving us, for doing its duty, but to excuse it, to dismiss it, to let it go when it's no longer needed, when it's no longer serving us. For if we let anger hang on and hang around too long, it starts to weigh us down. It evolves into resentment and bitterness that can harm us. And when we thank our anger and dismiss it, that is when we can come to a place of forgiveness and grace. Now stay with me here. What is forgiveness? And why does our God want us to get there? You see, once we examine our anger and understand it and how it's meant to serve us and how God wants us to express our anger, God calls us to the next step of forgiveness to relieve us. Forgiveness is the act of allowing him God, to take over, we are passing the baton to him. So if someone betrays me and I feel anger, I'm going to explore it. Maybe I need to express it to them. Maybe I need to set a boundary with them. But eventually, I get to let it go. I've done my part. Anger has done its part, and I don't need the burden of anger weighing me down forever. And I can rest in full assurance that my God, the King of Kings, who is just and who is fair, will care for it on here on out. It's God's turn now. He decides how to handle it next, and we can trust him to do that. Now, I need to be careful here because this process of forgiveness, of passing that baton, is not the same time frame for every person or for every offense. We can't expect someone that received like a hurtful comment to have the same journey from anger to forgiveness than a person who was abused or betrayed or victimized. And we can't expect this journey to always be easy or nice and neat. It's gonna feel messy. It's gonna feel ugly sometimes. It could take you weeks, but it could take you years. You may get stuck even, and you may need help from a friend, from a pastor, or from a therapist, and especially from your God along the way. Do you remember how I told you that I got angry preparing this message? It's because my own anger showed up on my door, ready to take care of business again, as I recalled my story of betrayal and hurt. And honestly, I sometimes really want to release my anger's wrath again. But I have to remember to tell myself and my bodyguard, my dear old friend, anger, just to relax and to calm down that everything has already been taken care of, that God's got it. Other times when anger shows up, it may tell me that I need to re-examine it, that I need to make sure I've truly done all the work that I need to do with anger. But again, I dismiss it, tell it to go home, get out of God's way. I've learned that I can trust God to take my anger. In fact, God says in Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all your bitterness, your rage, your anger, your brawling and your slander along with every form of malice. Be kind. Be compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God forgave you. And there you have it. 
Why do we get rid of anger and move to forgiveness? Well, first, because it's kind, and this world could use some kindness. But most importantly, we forgive because our God forgave us first. He forgave us because we are his sons and his daughters whom he loves. But guess what? The person who hurt you, the person who betrayed you is also his child. We forgive others because he forgave us. This forgiveness is also the secret to restoring relationships, relationships that really matter because forgiveness becomes that foundation that God can rebuild upon. So why are we afraid sometimes of this process of forgiveness? Why do we resist it or wanna reject it saying like, this person doesn't deserve my forgiveness? It's because it seems to go against how we are wired in our brain. We sometimes feel like we're letting ourselves down if we forgive someone. And as we've explored in other messages here in this series, our primitive brain wants to protect us and it's scanning for danger. It's ready for that fight, flight, or freeze. But we also have to remember that the rational part of our brain needs to process this offense too. And that part of our brain needs to remind us that forgiveness is not saying that what someone did to us is okay. Forgiveness is not saying that we accept betrayal, mistreatment, or abuse. Forgiveness is not saying that we don't have an opinion or that we have to agree with this person. And forgiveness is certainly never a pass or an invite to cross our personal boundaries again. You see, when we forgive someone, we are not saying this offense is okay. We're saying it's an act of kindness and grace towards someone that God deeply loves. And perhaps we love them too. But even if we don't, if we have zero positive feelings toward this person who hurt or betrayed us, forgiveness is actually not completely about them or for them. Now stay with me here. It's actually an act between you and your God. Yes, it is kind to them, but it is kind to ourselves as well. It's where we look our God in the eyes and say, yes, I've honored my anger. I did what I needed to do. And now I trust you enough to take it the rest of the way. It's trusting that God has my back. And what a relief that is. You see the act of forgiving others is actually God's gift to us. It's God's way of saying, I've got this. Go and be free of this. Now I wanna put up some words of Mother Teresa. These are amazing words that she said. She said, people are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives, be kind anyway. If you are honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. And if you find happiness, people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow, but do good. Give the world your best you have, and it may never be enough, but give your best anyway. For you see, in the end, it is between you and God. It was never between you 
and them anyway. This convicts my heart every time. Are you stuck in anger? Are you struggling to get to forgiveness? It's okay. I've been there too. In fact, I was there a little bit this week. God is with us. And through Christ and the Holy Spirit, he can and he will release you from this anger. He will take the baton if you give it to him. And then you can rest in his gift, which is the act of forgiveness. All right, now I'm going to have Scott come on up and we're going to continue this discussion on forgiveness and anger. So join us now with Scott. Thank you, Elaine. Appreciate it. That was absolutely incredible. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Really, it was amazing. Even though I got mad at you for making me... Well, you didn't tell me about it, so that was great. <laughs> That's even better, right? <laughs> okay, so I had a couple questions for you this week. Sure. It's my turn to ask the questions. Uh-huh. Um, what I wanted to ask you is that sometimes our response to other emotions, especially like fear or anxiety can be anger. Anger is tricky that way. It can kind of mask other yeah. feelings. So in your experience as a pastor, like what, why is this the case? And are you seeing this right now during the pandemic? Are people coming to yeah. you? And what are your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. We are living in a period that's anxious and anxiety really is perpetual fear. I don't know if that's a clinical definition or not, but that's kind of how I see it. Anxiety is, is living in a state of perpetual fear. And so when we have a pandemic and there's constant risk and every person is a risk, I mean, early on, we remember going to a grocery store and every person was a threat to it, you know, right, right. if they get close, we get, we get anxious. And so that kind of perpetual fear is, is not uh, what we are wired for. Unhealthy things happen when we live in perpetual fear. And, uh, and, and so we have had this anxiety, we've lived in this anxiety. And oftentimes what, what happens is, is it's internal and then when the dam breaks, it comes out as anger. So here we have these Michigan dams that have broken. A couple of them have, have broken because of weeks of rain. Mm. Weeks and weeks of rain. And so there's pressure against these dams. And this last week, two of them broke, causing incredible damage, oh, right? Wow. And so it, it, I think anger and anxiety is related to that. Perpetual fear is like this pressure behind a dam. And then uh, that pressure gets so great that, that when there's opportunity, there's an outlet that comes out as anger. And we're seeing that last couple of weeks. People are just angry. News media is angry. Uh, there are, are people who are, as usual, taking sort of camps. We're in the freedom camp, it's a hoax camp, uh, safety camp, and everybody gets in their camps and they're lobbying kind of grenades at each other, right? Because right. the dam has, has broken. Everybody's living with perpetual fear. The dam has broken and now we're, we're just mad. It happens all the time. It's happening in church. I would say, unfortunately, perhaps more in church than in other circumstances because what we're doing is we're, we're kind of mashing together our own personal anxieties, our own personal frustrations, with the name of God and our political party, political, and it's all just coming out as anger, um, even against us innocent, sweet pastors. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, I'm friends with hundreds of pastors across the country, and 
every pastor, you know, rightly has to announce their opening plans. What's their plan? And every time they do, and this isn't true of pastors, I'm kind of kidding, but even offices, um, places of business, anybody who says anything is going to get it. It's a no-win situation, and they're going to get anger because people have lived with such anxiety. Right, right. We're having that right now, too. People are like, when are you opening? And then other people are like, yeah. are like you're not opening yet, are you? Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, every, it's no win. You, <laughs> right. you, you can't win. I love what James 1 says. James 1 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. I do not think God is happy with all this anger, particularly in the, in the Christian church. People are not exuding the character and love of Christ. They're just on this hair trigger waiting to be mad at something that doesn't align with their personal convictions. Uh, slow to anger and believe the best in people. Hey, how about if we just believe that everybody's trying their best? <laughs> Can we do that? Probably very not. Very nice, right? <laughs> that would be nice. And I like that, that slow to anger, because that's kind of what I was even talking about, my message of taking that chance to first explore it and look at it and right. understand what you need to do with yeah, it. Exactly. Yep. True. Okay, so um, so anger is obviously an emotion that's real, it's very visible, and depending on how we express it, it can be helpful, but other times it cannot, especially if we don't express it well. But you have often talked about in different sermons and, and in your teachings that other emotions are often expressed as anger, right? Anger masks sometimes other emotions. So I have my thoughts on that, but I want to know what you feel on that, like sure. a, from a pastoral viewpoint? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we talked about how anxiety can spell out as anger, but other emotions can spell out as anger as well. And you, you mentioned uh, betrayal. And, right. and thank you for being so vulnerable with your own story. That could not have been easy. Um, but the betrayal is this, is, it can be a, this hidden emotional wound that can spill out as anger. And I'm, I'm sure you deal with this a lot. There's this concept in psychotherapy, I'm out of my lane right now, called projection, right? Mm -hmm. Projection is something we all do. Well, mm -hmm. I don't think we intend to do it, but we all do it. Here's the definition I found. Projection involves undesirable feelings or emotions, projecting them onto someone else, rather than admitting or dealing with the unwanted feelings. Right. So whether it's betrayal or anxiety or whatever the emotion, it could be, uh, I feel rejected. I feel undervalued. I feel alone. These are the these wounds that we carry around, and it's hard. It's harder to express a, an emotion of rejection. It's hard to express an emotion of being alone. But boy, we can express anger, and and that's how all of this stuff spills out. And and really, what anger does, in my opinion, in my experience, anger tries to even the score. That's what anger does more than anything else. Is it evens the score? So I'm wounded. I have to project that wounding onto somebody else so they feel as wounded as I do. And if they feel as wounded as I do, the score is even. And, and the problem is that cycle never stops. Right. And so at some point we've got to recognize, I think that, you know what, why am I angry? And I think that's the most important question to get over anger. Why am I angry? And you gave a whole message about defining why am I angry and then dealing with that as opposed to anger management identify why am I angry in the first place, and then we can sort of rationally, so it's not that flight, that fight or flight or fear, right. but we can rationally say, okay, I'm angry because I feel devalued. That's why I'm mad. Now I can own that, I can identify it, and I can process through that. Um, my wife and I made the, uh, 
fantastically genius decision to remodel our house during this pandemic. <laughs> so here was the thinking. It was terrible thinking. With, with uh, seven gonna, people there, right? Yeah, like, seven people in the house. <laughs> yeah, gosh. exactly. You're laughing at me. Perfectly, Sorry. <laughs> perfectly understandable. It's not, it, wasn't a good, it was a good idea at the time because we thought, hey, we might have a little time on our hands. We have Makes some sense. extra bodies. You know, let's, let's get some work done. Well, the place is oh, a disaster. Oh, you're doing the remodel. We're doing it, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're doing it. Yeah, 100%. Oh, my gosh. And, 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 and you know, I got... Three strong other boys in the house, men. And I thought, okay, let's put do to this. Work. Yeah, put them to work. We got, we got labor. We, and so, and the house is filthy. No place is safe from the dust and the grime of, of a remodel. And, and so, you know, and of course, in any remodel, pandemic or not, there's a hundred reasons for a husband and a wife to fight about. Nah. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're moving walls, we're laying concrete, we're doing the whole thing and paint colors and light fixtures. And so, there's a lot of reasons to, to fight. Now, very often, uh, we will fight about something. We'll have some disagreement. Let's just say a light fixture. And anger can kind of spill out. Well, it's not that my wife or me are, are, are mad about a light fixture. We're not mad at a light fixture. Why are we mad? Because you're not listening to me. You're not valuing what I value. Jenny's always thinking about home. I'm always thinking about resale. <laughs> <laughs> so our value systems are totally different. And so if, if I am, you know, pushing forward some, an idea that I think will help with the resale value, right. but it will not help the home experience. She's thinking, I don't value home. And I'm thinking she doesn't value kind of our finances and long-term so goals. So it's the message underneath and how exactly. you deliver it. That is exactly right. Yep. So I love James 4, 1 through 2. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Right. So cool. Because here's all these fights and quarrels about this and that. And James is saying, Think about why you're fighting. It's the desires within you. Right, correct. And I would even say with that, when someone's been deeply betrayed too, there's also the trauma that goes along with it. And so sometimes that anger comes out so intense and so raw right. yeah. because again, that brain is still trying to protect that core need. Yep. Yep. So I agree with that. On yeah, I love the bodyguard analogy with that as well because mm -hmm. you know that is a friend of ours. So, so it's right. not about denying anger, but it's a, definitely about processing it. Why are we angry so we can healthily work through that for sure. All right. I don't know how much time we have here to do this, but could we give Rancho, everybody out there, some specific tools that mm -hmm. they could use, you know, to, to take their anger into more calmness um, and yeah. to not be a slave to their anger? Well, maybe I'll give one, you give one, and, and uh, I think we'll have some, some time around okay. this. One of the things that, uh, that I like is to think of anger and really a lot of emotion as rush and flush. So emotion oftentimes is a chemical reaction. Uh, our body senses something and, and, and it puts the body into action. And sometimes the, as the body's put into action to, to deal with the stimuli, um, we call that emotion. And, and so a lot of it is, is chemical reactions. And, and so if we can think of anger in particular as a rush of chemical reactions, that will end up flushing. There's a rush and flush. And the body is this amazing thing, right? Our friend anger, the bodyguard anger, it gets us up for something that we need to get up for. That will last for a season, then it will flush, it will go away. So if we have an anger problem, let's say we are, we are controlled by anger. And, uh, and many people uh, struggle with this. There's this rush of chemicals, and, and a lot of people refer to it as heat. There's this heat of, of chemicals. Some people, you know, turning red with anger. It, it, some people actually literally flush with anger, right. red, and they feel a sense of heat. That's a chemical reaction. And, and so for people who are 
are a little bit um, maybe uh, on the weaker side of controlling that, when that rush comes, they, they, they just, they almost feel uncontrolled. And so what I would say These is- These are intense, passionate people. Intense, passionate people. So we people. don't want to say uh, they're yes. bad. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. <laughs> but, but there are people who, who really have a sense of being out of control when they're angry. Right. So when that initial flush comes, to be able to say, all right, this is, to identify, this is a chemical reaction, and there may be things I need to be angry about. There may be things I need to get up for, for sure but it is going to pass. And so if we can kind of grab that early, I'm feeling in this argument, for example, over a light fixture, I'm feeling myself getting hot with anger. To catch it there and, and, to, and to say, okay, these are chemicals that are flooding into my body, just kind of make it more of a physiological thing mentally to identify that's why it's happening. Before it gets out of control, I'm gonna let this pass, let it flush. So things like, I'm gonna just separate for a while. I'm going to take a walk for a while. Right. Those are very healthy tools instead of engage, 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 which so can be harmful. To allow the rush to go to the flesh. Yeah, okay. yep, exactly. I love how Proverbs 16:32 puts it. Better is he who rules his spirit than one who takes a city. Mm, I like that. And so, you know, the idea of, of power being king in the ancient world, you know, boy, you take a city, you're, you're really amazing. No, the one who can actually put a lid on, on being controlled by emotions and that rush of chemicals is the one who, who really is, um, uh, he, had, he or she has their act together. They've learned to, to not be mastered by their emotions. And then Proverbs 29, 11, the fool gives vent, the fool gives full vent to emotion, mm. but the wise brings calm in the end. And, you know, of course it used the fool, uses the fool word, which, you know, is not very nice. But the idea that we don't have to fully vent everything, especially when it comes to anger, because so much hurt can happen down the line. Right. It doesn't say not to be angry. Just don't right. give full impact to that anger, which can cause so much distraction. It's okay to, to work certain tools to, to, to bring a limit to that. So. And I know personally, I, I do really good with that if I've thought it through and I need to tell someone that they've hurt me or offended me, but it's in the moment right. when someone makes me uh, that I have a harder time with yep. that and I'm still working on that myself. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. so that's a great tool. And that actually kind of goes well with the one that I want to share. And this one is a, a, a form of using mindfulness. Um, and we talked a, a couple series back that mindfulness is not just recognizing what emotion you feel, but where you feel it. So when you get really dysregulated, and you are, you're about to blow and anger, we find that if we give people like tools to like process their thoughts, nobody wants to do that when they're like, <laughs> right. oh, ready, ready to, to go. go. Right? Right. And so there's a great tool called Own It, um, like the acronym O-W-N. So I'm not going to get rid of my anger and ignore it. I'm not going to get swept away by it and get dysregulated by it, but I'm going to own it. And so in Own It, I take a decision to first observe it. What am I feeling? I'm feeling a lot of <laughs> anger towards this person and why. And then I'm going to witness it. Where do I feel it in my body? I feel it in my chest or maybe I feel it in my hands or maybe I feel adrenaline rushing through my body. And then the N is for narrate. And narrate is basically you actually just describe that out loud. I know you might look like a crazy person, but uh, we, you actually describe it out loud as you're describing it to a friend. And they find, this is done by the work of Dan Siegel, who's like a brain uh, guy. And they found that, that actually that mindfulness of being aware of what I'm feeling and where I'm feeling it, it tends to kind of allow the rush and flush to happen right. faster. Yeah. So um, it's a great little tool. 
I have handouts on that too. So if anybody here wants to contact me at um, our website, uh, shcounseling.org, I'd be happy to send a handout on that. Well, that is fantastic. And Elaine, I'm going to miss our time together. I know. This has been great. It's been six weeks, and we have our little living room here. Now, Steve Solomon called this, um, what are the, uh, these are giant chairs, like, um, you know, from uh, the movie. What's that movie with the, uh, the little people? Anyway, he made, fun, <laughs> he made fun of our chairs. He made fun of our I'm, chairs? I'm hurt by this. I love these chairs. I'm very upset, Steve. We're going to have to have a <laughs> I'm angry. Are you angry? I'm angry. Let's go get them. <laughs> Well, Elaine, thanks. Um, we're going to have you back. There's no okay. question about that. It's been a good six straight weeks, and hopefully uh, you've enjoyed your time as well. I have. I'm so honored that I was asked, and I have to tell everyone at Rancho, you do not know how much work um, everyone, there's so many people right here doing so much work, and to put together a thoughtful message every week, I mean, I don't know how you do it. So, <laughs> I don't know amazing. how you do what you do, but anyway, thank you <laughs> so right, much, well, thank Elaine. You so much. Very much, and uh, we will see you later. All right. And Rancho, thanks so much for joining us for this Between Two Ears series. Next week, keep in mind, we are half an hour earlier. Tradition service at 8.30, United at 9.30 and 10.30. And we're also going to have a special time talking about the relationship between the world and the church. There's a lot of contention going on right now between the world, in quotes, and the church. And so we're going to talk about how we are to be, how the church, the Christian church, is to be in the midst of the world and our relationship with the world. And uh, we're gonna have a good time together. Again, uh, we are phase one open, so you're gonna have to make table reservations. Those details uh, will come out on Tuesday, it looks like. And uh, you can find that at rancho.tv. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel as well, youtube.com slash Rancho United. God bless you.